2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. I talked a little about this last week. The last verse of 2 Corinthians chapter 13. I just wonder if that would happen one time. It's a joke, but I, who knows? It could have. <laughs> well, Paul concludes his letter, and he says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion or the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Wow. The Greek word is koinonia. We talked about that. It's a partnership. It implies intimacy. It implies a, a two-way relationship. You know, I don't think we understand how much the Heavenly Father wants our fellowship. You know, God made Adam and Eve like himself, and, and he, he made them, he breathed into them the breath of life, and they became living beings. And he had a relationship with them. But, you know, relationship without fellowship is really nothing, right? I have a relationship with some family members who I love, but I don't really see them very often. In fact, we only recently started having family reunions. And we have a great time. We get together. We don't have a lot of conflict or anything like that, generally speaking. But, you know, if you don't have fellowship, then a relationship, it really doesn't mean much, Right? When God made Adam and Eve, he made them to hang around, to fellowship with them. Is it possible, now just think about it, is it possible that the Father, the Father and the Son, actually need our connection and our fellowship and our time? Do they need that? Do you think so? Okay, Pastor Pickles says, I got one vote, okay. Yeah, you know, I think he does too. And, you know, remember when Jesus chose the 12 disciples? He said in Mark, if you want to look here real quick, uh, I've given you the scripture several times, but he said this. He chose the 12. Luke says he prayed all night. But uh, in verse, chapter 3 and verse 13, he went up on the mountain and called to him those who, who he himself wanted, and they came to him. Now, Jesus had a lot of disciples, right? He had a whole bunch of them. But verse 14 says, Then he appointed twelve of them out of all that were following him, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach. What was the first reason the Bible says that he chose them? He chose them to be with him. You mean Jesus needed these guys? I mean, couldn't he just, I mean, he was the son of God. Couldn't he just go on about his way and just do what he wanted to do? Why did he need people? We say, well, he was training the twelve. I agree with that. But in the training, he, he, he needed them. He, had, he, he was with Of course, he had to be with them to, in order to teach them. But I think he had a need himself. Because remember when Gethsemane came and Jesus was getting ready to lay down his life? Well, he, he told the disciples, he said, you know, my, my soul is sorrowful even almost to death. He said, unto death. He didn't say almost, sorry. And he said, so stay here and pray. But then he took Peter, James, and John a little further. You know, because he needed them. Jesus was and still is human. We need each other. You know, that's one of the things about this, the pandemic, as well as I think the racial conflict, and that is it has separated people. 
And I don't believe, I don't, I don't believe the, the, the COVID-19 is a made-up thing. It's, it's, uh, it's just, I don't believe that. Uh, the response and the reaction to it, well, that's another thing. I don't know. But one thing that we need to, to be careful of, no matter what happens, whether it's, it's, it's political tension, it, it's, it's, a, it's a pandemic or whatever else, what we have to be careful of is that we, we don't separate, that we, we tightly hold fast to each other. Because we're a body. We need one another. And the Father wants, and I believe we could even say, God, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think He needs our fellowship. I think He wants it more than we know. I think God, I, I can say this, I believe God even craves the communion of us. John and Eric and Pastor Pickle and Lisa and all of us. I think He craves it. I think he wants it. You know, I can remember when I met Lisa that first time, and we started dating, and then she was going to school in Denton. I was in Waxahachie, and, you know, I don't know, it was about an hour or so, an uh, hour and a half between the two places. Man, I, we burned up the road going both places. Why? We wanted to be with each other. Why? Because we loved each other. You know, it, it, the people that you love, you want to be around. Well, God loves us, and he wants to be around us. You say, well, God, surely you don't really need anything. You're the creator. You're the first cause. Well, then why did God make Adam and Eve in the first place? He made them for us. I mean, he, he made them for himself. He made them for that communion and that fellowship. So we could, they, they could walk together and talk together and plan together. To extend his glory and to experience that. And they had the glory of God. Sadly, they lost it. Jesus came to do what? To restore it. To restore it. Look at Numbers chapter 12. Numbers chapter 12. <clears throat> Miriam and Aaron had spoken against Moses because of the, he had married an Ethiopian woman. And um, verse 3 says that the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. And the Lord came, manifested, and he, he struck Miriam with leprosy. But that's not my point. That was a sad thing. But listen to what he said about Moses. Verse 6. Then he said, Hear now my words. If there's a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in visions. I speak to him in a dream, but not with my servant Moses. This fellow's a little different. He's faithful in all my house. He wasn't a perfect man, right? But he said, I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark say sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Then he says, why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? But did you notice what he says about him? I speak with Moses differently. I speak with him face to face. And then chapter 33, let me just read it to you real quick. Um, it says in verse 11, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, young man, did not depart from the, te uh, the, the temple. He spoke face to face with him as a man would speak to his friend. God wants our friendship. He wants our fellowship. Somebody that you're a genuine friend to, you spend time with. Because that's the place, that's the place where we get, we get revived, renewed, and refreshed. 
And that's the place that we hear from God. That's the place where God gives us dreams and visions and, and that we, we, we receive the communication that the Lord has. It's in that place of intimacy with Him. It's that place when we draw near to the Lord and we act upon our friendship. Jesus said, I don't call you servants anymore. I've called you friends. Because all things I've heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You know what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit? I think I read it to you. I'm sure I did in John 16. Jesus said, I've got a lot of things to say to you. I'm paraphrasing. I've got many things I want to tell you. Jesus knew he was getting ready to depart. But he said, you can't handle it now. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to guide you into all truth because he's not going to speak on his own. He's going to take of mine. He's going to show it to you. Then Jesus said this, all things that the Father has, all things the Father has are mine. Therefore, I'm telling you, he's going to take from mine and he's going to show it to you. What's he going to show, show us? Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to show us all things. What, what, and I, I, I challenged the men last Sunday night at the men's meeting. I said, what things does God have? Everything. <laughs> what, do you, what, what kind of things does God have? What does he have? What does he have? You say, well, yeah, God's got all this. He's, he's got riches in heaven. You know, we've read about he's on this throne. There's a sea of glass and crystal and uh, uh, gates made of pearl and gold and all that stuff. That's all great, but that's in heaven. The Holy Spirit said he's going to take of mine and he's going to show it to you. Jesus said that is. And the Holy Spirit's going to take of mine. So, so what's he going to show us? You know, I got to thinking about that. You know, uh, there, there was a time in, in, in Israel's life where they needed to be fed. They were in the wilderness. For 40 years, God rained bread down from heaven. So that tells me, for 40 years, <laughs> in the morning and in the evening, and then he had some quail. I don't know how long the quail lasted because he didn't really appreciate their attitude on there. God's got some bread in heaven. So if you need some bread, he's got, he's got some food. Does he have finances? Does he have healing? Does he have joy and peace and power? Picture the throne of God. Can you imagine what it would be like to go into the very presence of Almighty God? Do you think there would be some power there? Do you think like John when he had a revelation of Jesus and his glorified self and he fell down before him as dead because of the awesomeness of the power of God and the presence of Jesus. His head and his hair were white like wool. His eyes like a flame of fire. His face shining like the sun. And John hit his face on the ground. And Jesus picked him up. There's some power there. There's some presence there. There's some goodness there. And, and the Holy Spirit is going to take all of that and show it to us. There is nothing too hard for God, folks. I know you hear me say that a lot, but we need to start believing that there is nothing too hard for God. Charles uh, Rogers, a friend of mine, who was a blessing and a mentor in a lot of ways. Now, he says this. I, this is his testimony. He said, well, I was in a, overseas doing some ministry. He said, we had a major financial need. And they were in some kind of meeting, and he said, I just lifted my hands to God. And I said, God, I need some money. And this is what he said. He said, all of a sudden, I felt something in my hand. It was money that met the need. Now, did somebody go and, and put it in his hand? Well, I don't know. You know, it really doesn't matter. God could make money appear just like that. Could he not? <laughs> Hallelujah. He's able. 
And he cares. He cares about our needs. You know, when I think of things, you know, it's, I don't want to all, all just think about material things. I don't want to just think about that. However, I see consistently in the Word of God, God meeting material needs. Jesus feeding the 4,000, feeding the 5,000, a few loaves of bread. How did he do that? That was a supernatural thing. Because there were some things in heaven that Jesus needed. He was walking in the Spirit. He was fellowshipping with God. When he needed it, it came. And the God that did that is the God that we serve today. There is nothing too hard for him. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. But then Paul said in Ephesians 3, it's according to the power that works within us. We've got to be linked up with that power. And I shared all that to say, you know, when do, we, when do we hear those things? When do we hear what Jesus wants to do and what the Holy Spirit's saying? Well, normally, it's in that time, and God can speak to us anytime. But I, I, I see in the Word consistently where the Holy Spirit speaks when men and women separate themselves and they just turn to the Lord. And they turn everything else away. Acts chapter 10, Peter went up on the housetop to pray. About noontime, we don't know how long he had been there, but about noontime he got hungry. So I imagine he'd been there probably a few hours. That's when he had the vision of the sheep coming down from heaven, when he had the animals, and the, the Lord communicated with him that, you know, don't call the Gentiles common. But it was Cornelius, a Roman centurion who was not a Jew, and he wasn't a Christian, who was also, in that same chapter, he says, I was praying until this hour, until Three o'clock in the afternoon, the ninth hour. In fact, some trans my translation says he was fasting. So here this guy, he's not a Jew, and he's not a Christian, but he's seeking God, and he's praying, and he's fasting, and that's when the angel showed up. So I wonder about us. You know, in Acts chapter 13, there were prophets, and there were leaders, and they came together, and the Bible says they ministered to the Lord and fasted. They were ministering to Jesus. What were they doing? Interesting. Listen to the definition of that word minister. I checked that one out. It means to perform some public service at one's own expense. May I say that right? Let me say it again. To perform some public service at one's own expense. It's used to, to officiate as a priest and for other things. But now think about it. To perform in some public service at one's own expense. Now that's what it says in chapter 13, verse 2, as they ministered to the Lord. So what were they doing for God? Well, we know they were fasting. No doubt they were praying. They were probably worshiping. Who knows? They could have been doing other things. I don't think they were performing a lot of the rituals that, that, that had kind of, you know, Paul knew he didn't have to do all that. But they were ministering to God. And in that place of ministering to the Father, Maybe they were just sitting upside to say, just praising Him, just, Lord, we bless you. God, we thank you for your awesomeness. I don't know what they were doing. But in that context, the Holy Spirit said, separate Paul and Barnabas for the work that I've called them to do. Now, what am I saying all that for? It's in that place of fellowship and of intimacy as we draw near to God. That's the place we hear the good things that God wants to do. That's where we hear and receive some of those things that the Holy Spirit has taken from Jesus and shows us. Listen, you, you've heard of Oswald Chambers. Wrote a devotional, My Utmost for His, my, his Highest. Yeah. 
He said this, this is August 4th reading. He said, the most important aspect of Christianity is not the work that we do, but the relationship we maintain with God and the surrounding influence and qualities that proceed from that relationship. That is all God asks us to give our attention to. And it's the only thing that is continually under attack. Now, did you hear that? Y'all are, are getting tired, I can tell. Okay, I'll move on here a little faster here. Let me read it again. What he's saying is, the most important thing is not the work we do. The, the work is good, right? We're supposed to work. He saved us to work. But he said it's the relationship that we maintain with the Father. The relationship. And then once we, we, that relationship, as we develop that, as we pursue God, as we seek Him, as we draw near to Him, what happens? We get transformed. We get changed more and more into His image. I think Pat, that's where the word from, flows from. Absolutely. And he said that's really what God has called us to give our attention to. It's not to say that we're not to serve Him or work, because that's not true. But then I like how he ends it. He says that's the only thing that's under continual attack. How much more so whenever he wrote this, how much more so today are we under attack because there's so many other things for us to do? He's calling us to separate ourselves. Moses got, he had a relationship with the Father where he called him his friend. Jesus said, and I've shared that with you, but he said, I don't call you servants anymore. I've called you friends. He wants our friendship. He's waiting on us. I read something that, honestly, I, uh, I'm not sure about. Um, Donna Rigney wrote a book called uh, Heaven, Heaven Exposed, Hell Exposed, Heaven Revealed. It's very interesting, but she claims to have had some amazing visitations from the Lord. Whether she had them or not, that's between her and God. But I want to be quick to believe people, don't you? I'd rather be quick to believe than to doubt. But this is something different. I want to share it with you because it, it, really, it really spoke to my heart. She said the Lord was taking her and showing her different things. Jesus, she said she had a vision of heaven and, and God took her to heaven and, and showed her these things. Or she just had it in a vision, who knows. Said he said he took her to a particular place. This is a very beautiful place and the surroundings were very nice. And Jesus, she said, Jesus said this, this is the place I come when I, when I basically, here's what she said, when I suffer or hurt so much because my children reject me or they don't listen, to get refreshed myself. And I thought, never heard that one before. <laughs> I said, I don't know. But I thought, part of that was, when, when, his, when his children don't spend time with him. He said, I come here to get refreshed myself. And I thought, well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that, you know, whatever. But I thought, it brought us something up because these other scriptures tell me that Jesus and the Father do seem to have what we'd call a need for us to spend time with him. I mean, he wouldn't tell us to do that just, I don't think, just for our own sake, would he just say, draw near to God because you need to be doing that. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing and everything, give thanks because that's what you ought to do. 
surely there's something that he receives from that, don't you think? Whether he needs it or not, we could argue that point, but does it really matter? He's calling us to that time. You know, when I heard that, when I read that, I thought, all right, Lord, I'm, I'm going to be sure. I'm, I'm praising you and thanking you for what you did. I'm going to thank you for the cross I'm as often as I can. You know, I'm going to praise you for your goodness, Father, because you've accepted us and you've forgiven us. I, I'm going to do that as often as I can because I don't, I don't want to sadden your heart because I'm neglecting you. You know, if my wife and I are one of, the, you know, one of us, if we neglect to spend time with each other, you know, that, the other one's going to be hurt, Right? I don't want to hurt my wife. She doesn't want to hurt me. That's why we, we enjoy spending time with each other. Well, it's the same thing with God. He wants to spend time with us. This is, I believe this is such an, a, a tremendous key, particularly during these days when, when the devil is coming in like a flood. And he is attacking us in the area of our fellowship and communion with God. But not only that, he's attacking us in all kinds of areas, is he not? Sure he is. It's causing all kinds of junk. You know, I have been, I've talked to you about it. You know, I'll turn the news on and I just get so irritated and, and I, I think, my God, what is happening to our nation? And then this is another thing that's coming up. The riots and the protests, uh, you know, they, often they turn violent. But some are saying, well, now, if, if no person is hurt, then that's not violence. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's just nonsensical. I think, where's the brains of some people? What is going on here? And, you know, I can really get wrapped up with that. And, and most people have, have, you know, common sense. But it's not, there's not a lot of common sense going on these days, okay? And it's a spiritual thing. And that's, that's the key for us, is to keep it in the spiritual arena. Because if we don't, we're just going to get mad, and we're going to get all in the flesh, and that don't work either, right? We've got to stay in the Spirit. Let's fight it in the Spirit. Stay out of arguments and so on. Sometimes we need to speak up for what we, certainly what we believe. And I, as I've said, I appreciate some of the athletes here lately that have stood, baseball game and I think football game, when others were kneeling, would not refuse to, when others refused to stand during the Star Spangled Banner. Well, I believe whether her, her, her vision is accurate, whether she's telling the truth or not, I hope she is. But it still spoke to me. I thought, I know this, God wants our fellowship. It means he wants us to stop and just talk to him as a friend and worship him and thank him and, and rejoice in him and bless him. And you know when we do, he'll bless us as well. Abraham also was called the friend of God. In fact, when, when the Lord was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, he said, shouldn't I tell Abraham, my covenant guy that I've chosen, because he's going to make of him a great nation, shouldn't I tell him what I'm about to do? Amos says that God doesn't do anything without informing, basically, his servants, the prophets. Well, God could have destroyed, and he did, Sodom and Gomorrah anyway, but he didn't have to tell Abraham, but he did. Why? Because he had a covenant relationship with this fellow called Abraham. It was important to God. Well, that's great for Abraham. That's great for Moses. I wonder if you and I could have that kind of relationship. Oh, I, I, I'm sure we, surely we can. I mean, come on, guys. We can't have that kind of relationship. Surely we can't. Surely God wouldn't want to talk to us face to face like a man would speak with his friend. Surely not. 
Surely he does. Man, God, under the new covenant, God has said, I'm going to come. I'm going to actually live on the inside of them. I'm going to be with them all day. I'm going to live in them and walk among them. I'm going to have fellowship with them 24 hours a day. Jesus is on the inside of us. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. But I want to tell you, there's an attack. And you know it and I know it too. There's an attack on our time. Life, our time is our life. And there's an attack on it. You know, when John, the revelator, had that vision, you know, he, when he saw Jesus in his glory, I, I'm sure he probably did not pull his cell phone out and said, Lord, wait there just a minute and then take a selfie. I guarantee you he didn't, didn't do that. He didn't, he didn't say, Lord, hold on just a second. I've got to check my Facebook. I've got to check my email. I've got to talk to somebody. No, he just stopped. He didn't do anything else. You know, we need to do the same thing. You say, but I haven't ever had that kind of revelation, that kind of vision. You don't have to. The door, you know, John says this. There was a door opened in heaven. And then he saw some things and he heard some things. But the door to God, V-G-O-D, the big God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, is always open to us. His, his door is open. We can go in there anytime. And fellowship, in fact, he says, Author of Hebrews says, come boldly to the, his throne. He's here right now. Jesus said, if you gather together in my name, I'm going to be right there in the midst of you. He'd what? Big old, big old welcome, Matt. Is that what That's right. <laughs> he sure does. Because at the Father's right hand is the Son. And his blood guarantees, the presence of the Son guarantees access to the Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. So, I said all that to say, let's keep fellowshipping with the Spirit. John said, 1 John chapter 1, he says, truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. He wants that. I believe God craves it. James chapter, I believe it's 4, says, the Spirit that dwells within us yearns jealously. The Holy Spirit's jealous. What's He jealous for? Well, He's jealous for us, but He, he wants that time. I know it's hard. Say, I just don't have time. We can make time just to pray, just to talk to him, just to read his word. His word's good, isn't it? All right, I'll close with this in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. You've read it. He was talking to Laodicea. They had grown cold, lukewarm. He said, uh, your works are neither cold nor hot. He said, I want you to be one of the two. He said, because you're lukewarm. He said, I'm going to spit you out. But he comes on down. He said, as many as I love, this is chapter 3, Revelation, verse 19. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Now, listen to verse 20. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. I stand at the door and knock. We've used that to try to lead people to the Lord. And that's okay. That's good. No problem with that. But he's talking to a church here. And he said, I'm standing at your door, and I'm knocking. I want you to open the door. And what's going to happen? I'm going to come into him, and we're going to have dinner together and dine with him. And dine with him and he with me. Notice that dual relationship. He's going to be with us. We're going to be with him. He wants to eat with us, not physically, not naturally speaking. He wants to commune with us. Well, let's pray. And you guys don't have to come up, worship team.
Father, we love you. <clears throat> Lord, we just want to commit ourselves. Why don't we all stand? Can we do that for just a minute? I want to just lead you in a, in a prayer. Let's just commit ourselves to, to spending more time. You know, I really appreciate Pat and Robin. and I don't know if you're still doing it, but they did May, I think, or May or June, whatever. Read the Bible through in a month. And y'all did it too, didn't you? <laughs> That's quite a task. We're talking, I think he said about three hours a day. Wow, it's something, isn't it? Praise God. <clears throat> now, we don't have to do that, but that's an awesome accomplishment. <clears throat> and now you, say, you may say, well, I, I can't do that. That's all right. We all can't do the same thing. You know, I, that's part of my work is here, spending time with the Word Fellowship. But, but we can spend some time. We can spend more. And he's calling us to. I want to tell you, it will make a difference in this church. It will make a difference in your family and your own personal life. Well, Father, we love you. <clears throat> you. You invite us, you say. Abide, live in me. Jesus, we want to live in you. We want to draw close to you. You're a God who loves us so passionately. And we want to love you back, Lord. We don't want to neglect you. We want to just walk with you, Lord Jesus. We want to walk with you every day. And Lord, forgive us for not spending as much time as we could. And Lord, I don't share this to condemn anyone, but I, I believe I've got a little light that I didn't have before. I believe you, you really, really want that time, not just for us, but for you. We are your creatures. I believe you enjoy it. I enjoy it, Father, but, but I believe you enjoy it too. And Holy Spirit, we want to fellowship with you. <laughs> we want to fellowship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God, we bless you for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Pray with me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I commit myself to you. I commit my time to you. I confess you as Lord. You are my master. You're my teacher. You're my leader. And I'm yours. Help me, Lord, to spend the kind of time that you want in fellowship, in fellowship, in the word and prayer, word and, prayer. And, worship. and worship. Help me to make those times, Lord. And we come against the enemy who would try to rob us of time, of heart, or of anything. We hold up a shield of faith. We believe we are the temple of God. The Spirit of God lives on the inside. And that we have access to your throne. We can come before you, Father, anytime. And to fellowship and worship you. And we will hear your voice. We will receive your strength. And we'll give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.